The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, Winbet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 to get a $100 free bet at sportsgallonpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgallonpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use the promo code NFCBEAST for 15% off, active until the Eagles or the Giants lose their next game. And finally, make sure you enter our World Series Prop Contest. The winner gets $200 cash and a $200 SGPN gift card. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app. You are listening to the Champions League show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast, covering the key games for match day six. And there aren't many of them, and we'll talk about that in a second. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. They are at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. And also, finally, you can follow my Twitter account. It's at LockBettingCom. That's at LockBettingCom. For a while, I thought you guys couldn't find at LockBettingCom, but I've had a ton of DMs in the last two weeks, and I'll address those here off the top. For those of you that follow the at LockBettingCom account, and even for those who don't, if you follow it, make sure that you have the notifications turned on so you don't miss any free plays when they are posted. And also don't miss your opportunity to like and retweet the PL, which will be posted today, because that will give you the opportunity to get some free plays and some free podcasts as well. But I do believe that during COVID over the last couple of years, that account has become shadow banned. So if you want to see the content and don't miss anything important, make sure you have the notifications on. But you guys can find the account. Obviously, I was worried for a while because we're smashing the locks here on these shows and I wasn't getting too much interaction. But when I said DM me to find out the story about Erling Haaland, if you're interested, because I didn't want to put it on the show and take up airtime because sometimes, you know, your kids are interesting to you. 
but your kids are not interesting to other people. And I'm one of the people that understand that. I'm not one of these people that plaster shit out about my child, thinking that everybody's interested in what my child is doing. It's interesting to me, my mum, my dad, my brother, maybe a couple of my friends, uh, his mother, and that's about it in in most occasions. I'm not one of these people that shove shit down people's throats. But um, yeah, this, this, this did get an overwhelming response when I said to people, DM me, uh, to to hear my kid's story about Harland, and I was going to respond to the the first one once I saw these DMs, uh, or, or three or four, and just do a copy paste. But it was over thirty DMs about it, so I'm going to talk about that story for everybody on the next episode of the EPL show. In addition to that, I got a ton of messages asking me why the Coolio theme was taken off the front of the show. I think the question should have been, why was it added? But that seemed to make sense to everybody because Coolio passed away. But there was a a lot more to it than that. I actually knew Coolio through my time as a club promoter. I would bring him over to the UK and that's why his death hit me harder than probably most people. Obviously, he had a lot of fans, but that's why I put it at the front of the show. But I'll talk about that as well, why it was added and why I had to take it off and a few Coolio stories, and we'll talk about that on the EPL show as well. So we'll do a long opening to the EPL show before we give out the picks next week, or at the weekend rather, talking about the the Harlan story with my kid, talking about uh, a few stories about Coolio. That is now going to be permanently gone from the front of the show, unless it's authorised by Sean and Ryan. And that in itself got about 20 DMs. So yeah, about 50 to 55 DMs wanting to know the Harlan story and complaining about the fact that Coolio was taken off the the front of the show where I was reading out the the opening ads. So we'll we'll talk about all of that. And the reason why I don't want to take up the time here is because I want to talk about something else. I want to talk about the Champions League as a competition on the whole because it is becoming a bit of a joke. And the realisation really sets in when I'm doing a show here called the key game show and there really aren't a lot of key games to talk about everything has almost been decided it's really only Spurs's group that's alive and kicking and in Real Madrid's group Shakhtar and uh, Leipzig are playing for the final spot although that in itself isn't overwhelmingly exciting because Leipzig go through with a draw and even in Tottenham's group Tottenham are in a situation where they advance with a draw and Sporting Lisbon are in a situation where they advance with a draw so we are in a situation where match day six isn't particularly interesting for a lot of people and from my perspective it gets even worse because over on my lockbetting.com Patreon page, I do a podcast which covers every single game from Tuesday, and that's supposed to close out with a lock, and every single game from Wednesday, and that's supposed to close out with a lock, and then your Europa League stuff on Thursday as well, closing out with another lock. So I have to break down all of these pointless games that are happening on Tuesday, along with all of these pointless games that are happening on Wednesday, and next year... It's going to get even worse. The Champions League is going to descend into a complete fast when they adopt the Swiss system, which has been developed to make more money because they're making teams play more games, which is more TV revenue. And it's more set up to make sure that there are no upsets, to make sure that these big teams do go through. So the Champions League doesn't lose Atletico Madrid, Barcelona and Juventus 
at the early stage that it's lost it, lost it at this season. So big club protection gets even worse and the group stage becomes even more farcical and meaningless next year. I mean, it's a system where even football fans will need it explained to them to understand what's going on. And that shouldn't be the case. It should be as simplistic as the top two go through. I don't even think the third place team should go through to the Europa League. Why is that happening? So that we can keep these teams in European competition. And so we can pass the profit on to the other competition, which ultimately keeps it in the pocket of UEFA. When you're out, you're out. If you haven't qualified for the top two of a group, why should you go through and do anything? But that's what UEFA are doing. But that in itself isn't a major complication because we've come used to it. I'm sure we'll get used to the new Swiss system. But the Swiss system next year is stupid. It's even more stupid than this system, which has left us with a number of irrelevant games for match day six. And it's going to get even worse next season. For those of you who don't know what the Swiss system is, and by the way, uh, I said next season, it's 2024-25. So we have one last season of the current rendition of the Champions League and then we change to the Swiss model from 2024-25 so this is not the final season next year is the final season the 2023-24 season and then from 2024-25 we look at the Swiss system so what it is it is a system that allows the tournament to double in size It goes from a total of 125 games to 225 games. At least four extra match days will be required to fit in the extra games and up to six, actually, if UEFA continue to play the round of 16 over four match days. And this is going to cause more issues for domestic leagues with fewer dates to fill in their games, with England in particular, because they have a 20-team Premier League, uh, two domestic cup competitions, FA Cup, and uh, they're going to have to adapt and reshape their calendar to make this work. So what is the system? Rather than teams being drawn into eight groups of four, as is the case now, which actually makes sense, um, the teams are going to be placed into one stupid giant table. It is based on the Swiss system tournament used in chess, whereby each team do not play all of the other teams. The key difference is the chess format decides a team's opponent after each set of games, whereas the Champions League all group stage fixtures will be known at the start of the season. So it's been used in other football competitions with large number of participants, including CONCACAF, Nations League qualifying competitions, where all the teams played four matches, but the results were fed into one league of uh, 34 nations. So the number of teams will be raised from 36, 32 to 36, sorry, and a new format means that teams are guaranteed a minimum of 10 games, but most will play at least 12 Um, The extra teams will come from as the following. A third place team of the league ranked fifth by UEFA will go to the group stage. And right now they must play two qualifying rounds. Right now that's France. So France, who don't currently have the the top four from their league automatically going through, um, they, they will now get an extra spot. Um, An additional team via the Champions Path qualifying route, which features the leagues ranked outside of the top 10 in the current UEFA country coefficient. They will get an extra spot. Um, So the losing clubs in the qualifying round this season were Maccabi, 
uh, Tel Aviv, Molde, Omnia Nicosia and Slavia Prague. And the most controversial as- aspect, and this is ridiculous, and this is where big club protection gets absolutely ridiculous. Two places are reserved for clubs with the highest UEFA coefficient who fail to officially qualify for the Champions League. However, they must have qualified for the Europa League or the Europa Conference League. A team cannot be elevated to the Champions League from a non-European place. How nice of them to not allow a team like Barcelona or Manchester United or Liverpool or Borussia Dortmund to play in the Champions League if they don't finish in their own top seven. So this is why it's becoming an absolute farce at this point and big team protection is becoming an absolute joke. They're just going to make sure that big teams have the best opportunity to continue playing on in this competition in the late stages Um, why are two clubs getting places based on past performance? It makes no sense at all. I think this was all part of negotiations between UEFA, the European Clubs Association and Europe's elite clubs in a bid to prevent a breakaway Super League. So this is what UEFA conceded by reserving two places on performance over the past five years. It hands a lifeline to major clubs who have a poor domestic season. And this would be especially protective to Premier League clubs because they have the big six and only four Champions League places will be taken up by the big six. So it's very, very likely that at least one place will be taken by an English club given the new coefficient system. So this is terrible. This makes no sense. This is ridiculous. This is a farce. This is a competition. It's now difficult to understand. You're playing random games, much like you do in the NFL. I understand it's not random to football fans because you're used to it. But to an outsider watching football for for the first time, it is random that you don't play every team. It's random that you are paired up against one division um, one year and then the next year you'll be paired up against a different division whilst always playing your own division. So that that is something that's difficult to understand. But if you follow the NFL for years and years, you're completely used to it. But for outsiders, it's random. Just like this system's going to be random. And just like this system is something we'll get used to, doesn't mean it's a good system. And uh, already, as I said, we're looking at a match day six where the games are pretty much irrelevant. A lot of them are completely irrelevant. So we'll try to unpack what I perceive to be the most important ones. Three games from Tuesday and three games from Wednesday, as per usual. We'll start with the game here between between Liverpool and Napoli. And this got in an absolute push. This was a stretch to get this game on. Liverpool are the 10 to 11 favourites to win it. It's 29 to 10 on the draw and it's 13 to 5 on Napoli. These two teams have qualified. There's no jeopardy here whatsoever. Both of these teams will be playing in the last 16. It's just a case of who wins the group to give themselves a slightly easier draw in the next round. Liverpool need to turn around a 4-1 deficit where they lost at Napoli by four goals to one, meaning they would need to win this game by four clear goals in order to win this group. I think Liverpool will win this game because there is more of an onus on them to bounce back after an embarrassing loss at the weekend. They need to 
get on some kind of winning streak. And also, in front of your home fans, you don't want to see your team lose again. So I think they will pick a slightly stronger team than Napoli. I don't expect players who need a rest to play in this game. So I wouldn't necessarily expect Mo Salah to start. But I think we will see some of the regulars in defence. I think we'll see Alisson in goal. And I think they'll see minutes given to Darwin Nunes. And I think that'll be enough to beat a Napoli team who expect to heavily rotate. I think ultimately one of these two teams won't score in this game. So both teams to not score in this game being available at 7-4, to four, I think provides you with some value because if there's heavy rotation at both ends, there will be a lack of chemistry and synchronisation and therefore, I think the teams won't gel as much, which will probably lead to more of a low scoring game than what people are expecting here. So I think Liverpool will run out as winners. I don't think they'll do enough to win the group. I think we're probably looking at a, a 2-0 at a push, 3-0 victory. I don't think Napoli will score. I think Napoli will make 10 or 11 changes and will rely on their reserve team to be able to not lose this game by a four goal deficit. And I think they need a lot of rest as well because of the way that they play. They'll be looking to get rest whenever they can and this game offers offers them a rare opportunity to get some rest and to focus on the Serie A campaign and make sure they go into the World Cup as the clear leaders of the league. They're already the clear favourites to win it. I talked about why I would possibly oppose that bet over on Scamessa Italia this week. So go back and check that out. I'll probably talk about it again this week when we when we look at the futures markets again because it's very interesting because results this weekend meant Napoli have gone even further clear and I think they'll want to stamp their authority on the league as opposed to trying to put out a full-strength side here to get themselves a another big victory over Liverpool. I think Liverpool win this against a very, very altered Napoli team. Up next, we move on to a game that is actually very important. It's Marseille versus Tottenham, where Marseille are the 19 to 10 underdogs here. It's 12 to 5 on the draw, and Tottenham are the 7 to 5 favourites. I think I like taking Tottenham here as a pick in the draw no bet market at the price of 7 to 10. If you shop around, three to four is available. This is because Tottenham are in a position where they qualify with a draw. Now, Tottenham will want to win this group. Winning this group means avoiding the likes of Real Madrid and Paris Saint-Germain. So and Bayern Munich. So it is important here for Tottenham to win the group. If they do finish second, they can play those teams. Winning the group means you're more likely to draw yourselves the likes of a, a Porto or Club Bruges or whoever wins that group. A Benfica, an AC Milan, an Inter Milan. Teams who are more beatable than coming up against one of Europe's elite teams. So I think Tottenham will definitely be looking to win this game. But ultimately, they'll be looking to stay in the Champions League. I think opportunities to win the game will come on the counter-attack. I think this situation... Um, definitely suits Tottenham and the way that they play. And for Marseille, the pressure is on them. They need to come out and win this game. And Tottenham are actually catching this team in a poor run of form. Marseille made a very, very good start to the season. A lot of supporters didn't want this manager in place, but he impressed them with his good start. And even in the Champions League, where Marseille have been serial losers, they come into this game with two wins from five, which is actually a massive improvement compared to how Marseille have performed in the Champions League previously, starting the tournament this year with 13 defeats in the last 14. Tottenham are fresh off a morale-boosting win against Bournemouth, where they were 2-0 down and came back to win 3-2, cashing our EPL lock at the weekend. And they face a Marseille team who have lost three of their last four, 
this uh, French side have also lost seven of their last nine clashes with English sides. So I'm going to lean Tottenham here in the draw no bet market. I take this because um, the money line can be risky. A draw is good enough for Tottenham to to qualify and they may play for that draw and they may only attack once space opens up as Marseille chase the game. But I only think Marseille themselves will desperately chase the game in the second half. So I also like the play on under one goal in the first half. This pushes if there's one goal and cashes if we get a nil-nil halftime scoreline, which I think is a definite possibility in this game, which I also have going under two and a half goals. But if chaos explodes, it will explode in the second half. So I think the first half play on under one is a better play. But ultimately, my strongest lean here will be to take Tottenham in on, on the draw no bet market as a pick at the price of seven to ten. Best price of three to four is available. The final game we'll look at here for Tuesday is the other game in the group. It's ultimately a playoff game between Sporting Lisbon and Ajax Frankfurt. Both teams on seven points. Sporting can advance with a draw, so the onus is on Frankfurt to win the game. They are the 2-1 underdogs to win the game. It's 5-2 on the draw, and it's 11-8 here on Sporting. I think there's value on the over two and a half goals here and both teams to score. I can't really pick and choose between the two plays because I do think both of them will end up cashing. This is because I think the the bookies have been somewhat generous here towards the over-under markets, giving us a solid play on the over and both teams to score. I think they feel that Sporting may possibly set up defensively here or that Sporting Lisbon are a, a better defensive unit than a fellow German side. Because I can assure you, if Eichert Frankfurt were coming up against a Wolfsburg or a Mons or a Cologne in this game, we would see much shorter odds for both teams to score or over two and a half goals. So I think that Sporting Lisbon coming from Portugal are seen as a more organised defensive unit. The data doesn't tell you that though. Both teams have scored in six of Sporting's last eight games and in five of the last six contests to feature Eichert Frankfurt. Meanwhile, the visitors have hit 25 Bundesliga goals this season. No one but Bayern has scored more than them, but they have conceded 20 times so far in the league as well. So this sporting team aren't some solid defensive unit. They were previously... But um, they definitely aren't this season. They're coming off a terrible home defeat at the weekend as well going into this game. They looked very, very vulnerable in the second half against Tottenham once um, Tottenham decided to wake up. Ruben Amarin's side have looked shaky defensively now, going eight games without a clean sheet. And as I said, six of them have featured goals at both ends. So I'm going to lean both teams to score. 46 minus 150 is my main lean, but I also like the over here in this one. A game that I think will feature goals as it's a playoff game with both teams likely to go for the win, especially Frankfurt because they have to. And I think that will lead to a wide open attacking game here in this one. Before we move on to Wednesday's so-called crucial key games, let me take this second out to tell you guys about WinBet. Are you ready to win money and to boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. There's so much to choose from at WinBet, and all you need to do is to head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. 
Now, the offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions available at winbet.com. You must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through Winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Let me also take this time out to tell you guys about the Sports Gambling Podcast YouTube channel because our YouTube channel is giving you your chance to win either an autographed Lawrence Taylor or autographed Brian Dawkins jersey. The contest is completely free to enter. Subscribe to youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast comment on a video each video is a new chance to win turn your notifications on so you don't miss sgp contacting you when they pull the winner moving on to wednesday and we begin by looking at the game here between Shakhtar donetsk and rb leipzig where Leipzig are the four to six favourites to get this done on the money line. It's 16 to five on the draw and it's nine to two on Shakhtar Donetsk. I've seen some write-ups this week saying that Shakhtar are a live dog here because they've already beaten Leipzig and, and took them apart and blah, blah, blah in the first game. They didn't take them apart. They were clinical on the counter-attack and the Leipzig goalkeeper made a terrible error in that game but also, as I said, my main point was they were clinical in the counter-attack in terms of being able to benefit off a goalkeeping error and then being able to benefit off Leipzig chasing the game after that goalkeeping error. Amazingly, the 4-1 scoreline was not a reflection of how that game would played. And I do think Leipzig are the far better team. And I think the evidence is the fact that they've already beaten Real Madrid in the Champions League. So they only need a point from this game, but I don't think they know how to play and sit in for a point. I think they'll come out for the win. And ultimately, this will lead to goals. I like both teams to score them. And I also like the over. Both are at relatively generous prices, given the data. RB Leipzig's Champions League matches have averaged 3.6 goals per game, but Leipzig have failed to keep a clean sheet in five of their last six games away from home. This Shakhtar team coming to this game riding a streak of scoring in every single one of their Champions League games so far this season. In fact, they are riding a streak of scoring in 12 straight matches. So I think they'll be good for a goal here. My main lean is for both teams to find the net. But once again, as the game between, as in the game between Eintracht Frankfurt and Sporting Lisbon, I like the over to cash simultaneously with both teams scoring here in this game. Up next, we move on to the game between AC Milan and Salzburg. One point separates the two teams. Salzburg need to come to Milan and win. And um, the, the media in Austria are really, really hyping up this game as a huge final. So it'll be interesting to see if RB Salzburg can spring the upset. They are the 6-1 to one underdogs to do it. It's 10-3 on the draw and it's 4-7 to seven here on Milan. Milan, over the last 18 months, have actually been a better team away from home than they have at home. A couple of their poorer results have come at home. So I do think RB Salzburg are a live dog here. They're not a team that, that take teams apart anymore, it's, which is proven by their Champions League performance this year. They have scored in every game and conceded in every game, but they haven't scored more than two in any game. So I don't think we'll see a blitz of goals, but I do think they'll be able to score one. And I also think AC Milan will be able to score one. So I think both teams to score becomes the automatic play here, which is available for you at the price of 33 to 40. 
Salzburg haven't failed to score in any away match since March and have scored in every single one of the Champions League games. AC Milan coming to this one, riding a decent both teams scoring streak of their own. Both teams have scored in four of Milan's last six home games. And with both teams needing a result, this could be a higher scoring game than the other RB Salzburg games have been so far in this group. Although the last game against Chelsea did cash the over. AC Milan need to be weary of a fast start from Salzburg. They have been pretty good on their travels overall this season with a nine-game unbeaten run on their travels ahead of this encounter. Plus, they have scored in the opening 15 minutes of play in their last three road trips. So, Salzburg could give us the Salzburg goal early here in this game and then we'll just be looking for a Milan one to make sure we cash the both teams to score selection. I think ultimately Milan will run out winners if I was to pick a scoreline. I would look at 2-1, which is individually available at 9-1. AC Milan has scored 10 times across the last four games and should have enough attacking quality to overcome Salzburg, but it will definitely be by a very slender margin as this team are very competent. So this is going to be a difficult night for AC Milan tomorrow at the San zero with both teams to score being my main selection here for this one the final game we finish up with is Paris Saint-Germain's trip to Juve this should have been a much more important game but it isn't because Juve are out and PSG and Benfica are ultimately playing for first place tomorrow any slip up from either one of them will give the other the group. Now, I expect Benfica to go away and win at Maccabi Haifa and the two teams are level and points, meaning this is somewhat of a must win for PSG in order to make sure that they win this group. And they'll definitely want to win the group because last year they finished second in the group. They ended up being drawn against Real Madrid and Real Madrid put them out. So they'll definitely want to avoid that and get a more comfortable tie in the round of 16. I think they'll win this game. Juve are an absolute dumpster fire at the moment and they come into this with defensive injuries that I think that Paris Saint-Germain can exploit. And therefore, I'm taking PSG to get this win. In fact, I'm taking Paris Saint-Germain as your lock here on this show to beat Juventus. PSG have won their last four games, including scoring seven past Maccabi Haifa last week. They need a win to secure the group against a Juve team of nothing to play for have lost four of their last five Champions League matches and are full of injuries defensively that this attack can exploit so I'm going to take PSG to make things even worse here for Juventus and Allegri and that is going to be your final lock for the Champions League for 2022 that's it for me and this edition of the Champions League key game show good luck with all of your bets as always and thanks for listening